Hey, it's Keith. Oh, hi, Keith. How are you? Are you free today? Yeah, I am. Nice. Yeah, I just thought I'd give you a call because, uh, you know, usually we do these on Mondays, but I set up all my Airbnbs to switch on Monday, so Monday is like my only busy day. So, it doesn't so like, where are you staying now? So, uh, so I'm in Toronto. It's been a while since we did one of these from Toronto, but... Uh, so I'm just doing like a different Airbnb each week while I'm here and I'm actually I'm at the best one like I just picked a different one every week in case you know one of them sucks or whatever I figure better just to switch it up instead of sticking with one that I might not like and uh, this week's one is the best one it's by where Matt lives it's this place called Davisville and it's uh, it's on Young Street it's like super fancy neighborhood and it's the weirdest thing like I'm looking at the address and going to meet the guy and it's all big apartment buildings and stuff and then just all of a sudden out of nowhere between two of the big apartment buildings there's just a little house like a three-story old style house and inside it's just a boarding house and uh, they just rent out the rooms and it's super nice and it's the greatest location and yeah it's really good okay and what does it cost uh so most of these things i think partially this could be also just because it's uh the time of year that nobody is traveling so it's pretty easy to get places but it's about 200 to like at the high end like 215 dollars a week so it comes out to between eight and nine hundred dollars for the month which isn't that bad because when i lived out at islington station when i was last in toronto that was 850 i think so i mean it's pretty comparable with just renting places but a lot more flexible and can you stay there longer than like whatever you said a week yeah well, again like because of uh, the time of year like uh yeah i think that makes it a lot easier like this particular place like i've got places all set up for all of november already i just because after uh, i'll tell you about europe but you know just do it i found it is better to have these things in advance and not to just fly by the seat of your pants uh but then in december uh, so, I mean, I don't know, we'll see what I'm going to do, but my vague plans are, uh, since I'm semi-homeless anyway, it seems like it'd be a good opportunity to come home for Christmas, because I haven't done that in a while, but I'll probably stay a week or two into December. So if I do, I'll, like, come back to this place, I think, because it is, it's really good. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they're kind of neat, so it's like I've kind of transplanted, like, I've got, you know, I had everything all set for gallivanting around Europe, and, uh, so basically, I can still do that. I'm just doing it in Canada instead, <laughs> you know. It's still, it's still like kind of fun. Like it's just, a, I like the kind of lifestyle of just moving around and being in different places. And like every time I buy something, like I bought two books the other day, and they don't fit in my book bag. So it's like, well, got to read these books. Like, <laughs> like it really keeps you from just buying a bunch of bullshit when everything needs to fit in a book bag. So. Uh, man, yeah, so I feel like I, I, I was going to call you while I was in Amsterdam. I think that actually would have been kind of a neat podcast, but I swear to God, not a single phone in the whole city. <laughs> like, I just couldn't find one anywhere. So, obviously, you liked it when the fellows were there. Yeah, well, and uh, I don't know. It's like, I guess, yeah, long story short, I feel like I could blab on and on about this. Maybe when I'm back home in December, do some more travel talking or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I guess it's mostly just... Like whenever, like going out to Vancouver, I liked, and even just going to new neighborhoods in Vancouver or in Toronto, like I always like to just be in a new place. Like it just feels cool. So my presumption was that this would be similar, like maybe even more so. Like, whoa, and I'm in a super new place. Like this is going to be exciting. And I was watching all these YouTube travelers and stuff and it just seemed like such a cool idea. But I guess it's just one of those things you can't know till you get there that like the first couple of days, 
and it was a little stressful but it was exciting like learning a new thing and figuring out how stuff works and and it's pretty lightweight in in the Netherlands because everybody speaks English but all the signs are still weird and everything is you know doesn't function the same and new money and just all that stuff but like day three <laughs> it was like right on the dot of day three I just woke up with uh it just like stressed feeling like just this pressure in my chest like I was underwater like I can't remember the last time I felt that way like probably doing a presentation in school or something like way back it's been a long time since I felt like this and it just never went away like every day I woke up and I felt this just generalized low-level anxiety and then it was better when Matt and Chris were there but it still didn't go away like I thought maybe it was just being by myself that was doing that but it wasn't because when they were there I still felt like that and then when they left I felt like that you know obviously it bumped up again a little more and it's just like I just like I just can't do this like I guess this is what culture shock is like I never really thought about what that means like I always thought culture shock was more of a choice like you're kind of choosing to reject the society you're in but I guess it's not like it's it's a real feeling you just feel like you're not supposed to be there and that's what I oh felt like. Oh my god, imagine if you were off in some place like uh, the Orient or... Yeah, well that's what I was thinking like... Uh, the Middle East or something, which is really different. Yeah, because I, mean, uh, I mean, I could criticize Dutch culture all day long. The more I learned about it, the more I didn't like it. Like, I legitimately didn't fit in there. But, uh, but yeah, it's so lightweight because it is just a different spin on us you know it's not that different and i was thinking like man if i was in like india with like the like crippled beggar kids and stuff like there's no way i could just brush that off like <laughs> you know there's just no way it would just be the worst and that made me realize kind of like trying to psychoanalyze like what my expectations were and i guess they were kind of just that i was going to go there and do my own thing and just hang out places and do writing and i was just going to kind of ignore where i was you know like soak in what i could but but just you know just kind of do my own thing and I guess I just realized like the the enormity of that feeling of like I mean it's like going to like uh like there's a place here that sells like Japanese style cheesecake or you know or any kind of like go to a Vietnamese restaurant or whatever like you're in that environment but then you leave and it's over I never really considered what it's like to leave and it never stops <laughs> you know it's just everywhere you go you're in this place where nothing quite feels right and you don't quite know what's going on and uh yeah did not like it well at least you tried it maybe that's going to put a little bit of a damper on your wanderlust oh absolutely it has because uh yeah because it was actually i mean it was like a fun trip and i'm glad i did it and i learned a bunch of stuff and it was extra fun when matt and chris were there but uh it should have just been a trip. A trip would have been fine. It was this, this, like I had uh, money on my phone because my phone is prepaid. I had like $80 on it that you have to use within a year or it uh, expires. And I was dead sure that $80 was gone. Like I just was like, well, I'm not coming back. Let's go. And like, I think that was a big mistake. Like that was way too much pressure. I think that's mainly what made me feel like that. Like I think if if I went with the intention of it only being a week, I don't think I ever would have felt that way. It was just like this, that I put myself in this position where it's like, all right, now you're gonna integrate to this other society and, uh, and you don't have a choice, this has to happen. <laughs> and then I was looking at ticket prices to fly home and I was like, no, this, this does not need to happen for this. <laughs> I can just go home. I guess you got the good old Canadian blood in you a little thicker than what you thought. Yeah, I was even thinking that, like, uh, 
because I guess I kind of felt that way in New York. Like it wasn't as strong of a feeling, but but just yeah, that people were not acting right and were not doing things the proper way. And that that feeling of endlessness of like like I would think that a lot. Like how far would I have to go to get away from New York? And it just felt like there was no way. You know, like even upstate New York still is a little weird feeling. <laughs> you know, like there's just no escape from it. And uh, yeah, so. It well, kinda... I guess there's something about those other countries. Like, we think we're such a global society, and we're really not all that different, but maybe we are. Yeah, it's, a, it's surprising. Because, yeah, like, there is, on the surface, it's like like a lot of people mistook me for a Dutch person and would talk to me in Dutch, and, you know, like, there's nothing evidently different about me or anything. You know, they basically, they dress like us. They have McDonald's everywhere. It's like, whatever. But, but it's surprising how much is different. And... Uh, and well that's the thing too I started to think like am I just like the worst like xenophobe like that all these things well it's funny because like to to really boil it down it it is a conformist society like it's not like North Korea or something but it is very distinctly different from here you know like I mean everybody generally acts the same but we kind of have at least lip service to that idea of like blazing out on your own and having your own ideas and if you know better than the group then speak up and maybe you'll be Steve Jobs or you'll be a genius or whatever and it's it's the only it's the first time I've ever been in a society that isn't like that and as I started reading up about it like I noticed it just myself first but as I started reading up about it it's absolutely true that for like the basic quick history lesson I guess I learned about the Netherlands is there just kind of a, you know, lower to mid-level European country? Nobody really pays them any attention. They don't have any particular place in the world stage, but they've always been financially well off and really stable. And and it's kind of uh, attributed to just that that they just keep their heads down and they they keep their ducks in a row and they nobody stands out and nobody stands up for themselves too much and everyone just does what they're supposed to do. And it does work. I mean, you can't deny that it works. But to be there is creepy. Like, I'll tell you the first example that I saw. That Again, all these things sound... They sound minor, but when they're just everywhere, it doesn't feel minor. So there's this girl at uh, my coffee shop job in Vancouver who was from Germany, or a German family. So I also learned, because I was watching a lot of these travel YouTubers, and uh, one of them I watch is from Germany, and uh, I immediately recognized that the Netherlands is almost exactly like Germany. Like, all the stuff this lady would talk about Germany is all in the Netherlands also. Like, just, even just like, well, the toilets are the main thing, that they have those awful toilets that have a dry bowl, which apparently, apparently Germany's moving away from, but in another, like, example of just, like, Dutch conformity, they aren't, like, they're just everywhere. And it's like 50% of the toilets are these awful things. Um, but, but so, okay, so this girl from the coffee shop, she had this really cool way that she would always dress, where she, it was like this a really short black leather jacket with like a gray hood or a gray something underneath it and like jeans, and it was like her look, and she looked cool. And then when I got to Amsterdam, I was like, I even like uh, Facebooked my friend Doug. I was like, this is the weirdest thing. Like just today I've seen like 12 or 13 women dressed exactly like that girl we knew from the coffee shop, like identical. And every day I saw that, like, like just like easily 15 to 20 women dressed identical down to the, like every tiny bit of this fashion is the same. And that's when I first started getting creeped out and keying into this because that would just like it's not like we're wearing crazy space 
outfits and futuristic clothes here, but that would never happen. Like, like we have. No, a, I don't know. In Canada in the wintertime, look at all the people that go around wearing ski jackets or parkas. Yeah, but I mean, it wasn't cold in uh, in Amsterdam. It's like Vancouver weather at, at worst. And yeah, like, sure, especially with guys or whatever, like jeans and a t-shirt, it's not that weird, but but this really is, it would be like everybody wearing the exact same jeans and the exact same t-shirt. So it's like the joke or whatever that we have in North America that if two women show up to a place and they're both wearing the same clothes that it's embarrassing, you know? Like, you're not, you don't want that. Where it really is the, the opposite. Like, I can't, I can't even exaggerate how identical all these people looked. Like, it was... It's this like girl they're... at the coffee shop, how long had she been over here in Canada? Uh, I mean, it's like a while. Like, I think she lives here. I think it's just like this style that she picked up when she was visiting, you know, family. And oh, yeah, okay. So, so she seemed cool. <laughs> Cause, yeah, because it was unusual. Yeah, whereas, like, uh, ridiculous. And that's, like, I guess, I think this is, it's like, even though it sounds like a relatively slight example, I still think it's a good example of how, like, the differences that just weren't going to get reconciled is for me to criticize say like that everybody was dressed the same sounds like i'm like criticizing them and i guess i am because to us it's weird and it's uncomfortable and it's like why would you want to do that where they wouldn't see it even as something to be criticized about because they want that like they want to say yes i am I am a Dutch woman in my 20s and I fit this particular place in the social hierarchy and I want everyone to know who I am and what I'm like and where I fit. <laughs> so I'm going to dress just like this. So I mean it is like again it's not like North Korea but it's going that direction. It's in that same mindset just going at a much slower speed and I just hate it. It's like repulsive <laughs> and, and it just happens over and over like, like just as a test because I was really starting to feel like I'm just being a real asshole. I looked up stereotypes about Canadians, and you can't find very much. It's like we tend to say thank you and yeah, sorry a lot. We really keep our head low. Right, I guess. But, or, or, you know, like when with Americans, it's like almost frustrating that they just can't agree on anything, and like they can't get rid of dollar bills, and they can't uh, switch to the metric system, like they're always fighting. Whereas if you look up stereotypes about Dutch life, you'll find like two dozen things that are gonna be true <laughs> like you're gonna run into all those things and meet those types of people and they're gonna react that way guaranteed and yeah it just made me feel awful all the time like it's like i i hate that feeling like i never knew what that's like i would read about it in books and stuff of like you know that america is north america is individualism and you know whatever and europe is not or parts of europe but i've never knew what it felt like and uh yeah, and I, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it at all. When you when you were there, did you stay just in Amsterdam, or did you travel outside? No, I really never got any further than Amsterdam. And uh, so then what really did do me in, though, I was like, well, you know, maybe I'll try to ride this out and see how things will go, or go to a different city and see what will happen. Uh, but then what got me is uh, I was doing the Airbnbs, like, week to week, and it was going fine, and some of my places were a little bit crappy, but like I even found a place that was only $200 Canadian for the week, which was a really good deal. Because uh, that's another thing, super, super expensive. The exchange rate to the euro is awful and everything's more expensive on top of that. So like to get 200 euros from a bank machine was like $350 and then everything's more expensive. So everything was double, like it was, it was harsh. But uh, what happened, I realized after is Oktoberfest happened and it it's like affects 
all the surrounding countries. So all of a sudden I went to go, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm not having a good time, but let's give it another week or two since I'm already here. So I started looking up for a place to stay the next week and just everything was gone. Like everything was gone. And uh, the few places that were there were either really expensive or way far out of town, like so far that they're beyond where the subways and stuff go. So, uh, and this, so then I was like, all right, well, this is my sign to get out of Amsterdam. So I started looking up like Paris. And again, it's just because I wasn't far enough ahead of the curve. Like a week is just not enough time in advance. It would have been really expensive for the next week or two till I could kind of get ahead of the curve, you know, and start to get better deals again. And then I saw that a flight back to Toronto was $400. So, so I was like, all right, nuts to this. Like, let's just bail out. Cause I, if I was really having fun and it was all exciting, I would have just, you know, uh, bit the bullet for a couple of weeks and had uh, some expensive accommodations, but to pay more and to be miserable, <laughs> it's like, nah, let's just, like, like, now that I've done it once too, and it is so cheap to get a flight, I mean, like a flight, I, I think the flight to Amsterdam is like really might even be cheaper than a flight to Fredericton, <laughs> like from Vancouver. Really? Yeah, because like, it's just like you know a popular place people want to go and it's a direct flight and it was like yeah it's it's comparable anyway so so i guess that's the thing is if i want to go back it's not that big a deal like now that especially that i've done it once it is really easy to do and i think i would handle it different like i would pre-plan all of my places to stay and not stay in one place too long and you know plan to come back you know <laughs> like make it a finite trip but I don't think I need to do that anytime soon. Cause yeah, like, I guess that was like the thing is like, is I guess I got it like, I've, I've kind of reversed my assumption where I was just assuming like, ah, whatever, this will be fine. I'll just sort it out and it'll be great and everything will work out. But that I disliked Amsterdam that much. Now I'm thinking like, well, why, why would I presume that I'll like the other places any better? <laughs> like I might like them a bit better but not the, like, I'm going to go just live there better. Like, I just, I really don't think that's going to happen. Well, so your plan is to, what, till December, hang out in Toronto, and then you don't know. Yeah, I might, uh, I was thinking I might go to Montreal for a week because a bus ride from Toronto to Fredericton really sucks, but if I took a bus ride to Montreal and stay there for a week, and then from Montreal to Fredericton, that's not so bad. Of course, there's always still the Far East, uh, the St. John's. You'd always said you were going to go there. Yeah, yeah, I might still do that. Because that was another thing I was thinking might be neat. I'd have to wait till the spring for this, but uh, it might be neat to go back out to Vancouver, but but like one province at a time. Like just go to each capital for a week, because then each leg of the bus isn't that bad. And uh, and yeah, it's going to be just a different Tim Hortons in every city, but it could be neat just because there is still still a lot of Canada that I've never seen. Like, I still like traveling, but yeah, I think it was just as a, a little over my head. Or, like, maybe overseas travel is not realistic, like, just by myself, you know? Like, that's better to do with somebody in a more organized way. And maybe all these big cities are, I mean, that you, maybe they're not your thing. Maybe you should try some smaller places. Um, I mean, maybe. I don't know. I don't know that that's really the thing. But... Man, it's weird too, like just, uh, I mean, I guess this is what is handy about traveling, but just like, you know, having your pre, presuppositions or whatever the word is, like... Preconceived notions? Yeah, because uh, in Canada, like I just, I, I loved cycling and I'm like, ah, cycling's the best, like all these cars, these are the worst, I wish everybody would just bicycle. But in Amsterdam, 
bicycles are everywhere like it's crazy how many bicycles there are like it's absolutely the like dominant way of travel and it's funny because now the cyclists are the bullies like they're almost worse than cars because cars have to at least follow traffic signs and stuff where bikes again it's like just this thing that's like coded into <laughs> dutch dna where as long as the group agrees that such and such behavior is okay you can just do it and one of those things is that bicyclists are the fucking kings so like oh it's like so annoying so if it's like you know rush hour and there's all these people in the bike line and it's it's a little difficult but that's that's okay but they really do like hardly follow traffic laws and they never slow down and they go super fast and they just ring ring and it's like you better jump out of the way but then there'd be times when it's like uh like a crowded pedestrian area on like a Saturday night and there's like people walking around everywhere and one asshole on a bike will come flying through at full speed just ringing his bell expecting everyone to just dive out of the way because he's on a bicycle like it hit this point where like they've just they're just the new bullies are these fucking cyclists and it's like I never thought I would dislike cycling as as a way to get around a city because it sounds like the the more sensible way to be but they've made it into an asshole behavior that just like oh <laughs> it's, it's so annoying and like that's i guess what what gets me in general is is when i'm like reading up about dutch stuff and like a lot of it's good and a lot of it's bad but it feels like it's all coming from a bad place <laughs> because even if people have nice th ways that they act and nice ways that they behave it's only because somebody told them that was the way to be and that that's okay like it's not because they decided that's how they want to live their lives it's like shocking to me really <laughs> like i guess i knew that this is what human beings kind of are we're just like weird ant colonies doing stuff but it's just when it's so in your face it's like dude so what are they kind of like like arrogant and uh, well, there is definitely, uh, they're famous for being uh, very rude. Because <laughs> uh, they, they, like, to them, if if a server, like, they, I, I was reading the reverse side, like, that when they come to places like North America, when a server at a restaurant smiles at them and acts nice, it makes them uncomfortable because they feel like that person's being disingenuous and uh, that there's, like, social cues going on behind that person's eyes that they can't read. And to the point that, you know, our standard, like you go into a store and someone goes like, hey, how you doing? You go, hi. That throws them off. They literally, like, I saw these interviews with Dutch people where they're like, I, it makes me uncomfortable. I don't know how to act. I don't know why they're asking me how I'm doing or how my day is. Like, that's none of their business. <laughs> like, they're fucking, it's like a goddamn race of, like, Star Wars or Star Trek aliens, you know? Like, where it's just, like, it's just different. And it's just, like, I don't know. It's funny to me. But that's where I too it's like obviously I've got uh, I'm, I'm extremely biased but it is weird to me that like I keep finding Canada better and better like like either I just really do have Canada in my DNA more than I thought or maybe I just got real lucky and Canada really is one of the best cultures <laughs> like it seems that way and yeah like the thing with the toilets is unbelievable like uh, it's <laughs> it's like Another yeah, case I remember those toilets. They sounds like they haven't changed them in 40 years. Yeah, to the point where, like, when I'm reading about these toilets, like, uh, who knows where they started? I mean, Germans started them for some reason. Who can say why? Like, when you d dig into it, like, you want to give the human race more credit that there must be some reason for this. But the more I researched it, like, it just seems that there isn't. It's just not. It's just, like, it's how it was. So people just kept doing it. 
So, but I guess Germany is really moving away from them. Like people would say, like, oh yeah, my grandparents have that kind of toilet, but nobody uses those weird toilets anymore. But in the Netherlands, they're still so prevalent. Like McDonald's has toilets like that. I was at a brand new Hilton because there was a Starbucks there I would hang out at. They have like deliberately installed toilets like that, and like guess <laughs> it's another thing I feel like I can't exaggerate. It's like so you know how they they have that term water closet. Yeah. So that really does make sense there because it's a tiny little room that isn't where the shower is. Like it's its own little tiny room that is like the size of a closet. It's so little that only has a toilet in it and is like generally not ventilated <laughs> or anything. No windows or anything. And I like the smell is something I have never smelled in my life to the point that even though I've been away from the Netherlands for like three weeks now, sometimes I get little flashbacks to it, you know, like, like, I'm like, I can't believe we all smell like that on the inside right now. <laughs> like it is so brutal. But then, so I was trying to look at it that way. Like maybe it's a good thing to be more in touch with your humanity or whatever, and not to have these pretensions that you're not a smelly person. But even if you were like a Native American who like grew up in the woods, it wouldn't smell like that because you'd oh, be. I know, I know. It's it's incredible. You got to hold your breath the whole freaking time. Yeah, like it. It's literally to the point that I really feel like it's it's like dehumanizing. <laughs> and like, okay, well, there's a good example. So the uh, Airbnb we stayed at when Matt and Chris were there, it was really nice because we all teamed up and paid for it together. So we had this really nice, like, beautiful place that we stayed at. And it was this lady in her 50s, I believe, who uh, she just like, you know, goes to stay with relatives while she rents out her place. And there was two of these toilets, one downstairs, one upstairs. And the upstairs one is right off of her bedroom. And oh, lovely. Yeah. And like, that's the thing is like, you can tell if someone's been in one of these bathrooms literally two hours after because it smells so bad. Like all the toilets, even at like McDonald's and stuff have a scrub brush next to them because you're expected to scrub your own poop stains off of the toilet so this lady had retrofitted she didn't go so far as to get a, a western style toilet but she retrofitted her bat her toilet by her bedroom so it has that blue stuff from porta potties when you yeah. flush and so that's pretty gross too it smells like an airplane lavatory like it's not a good smell and that filled the bedroom instead but it's just like she was clearly so desperate if like i would rather smell the chemical awfulness than just shit all the time and yeah like i just again it's like i i just i don't know how to be nice about it it's like these people are just like so subjugated by their society in this like subtle nice way where it's a well-off society and it's a pretty rich country and everyone's relatively happy and everything's okay but no one is willing to stand up for themselves to the point that they all have these awful toilets that are like awful <laughs> you know like it's just like an awful way to live and yeah i mean it sounds harsh for me to say repulsive but i found their society repulsive <laughs> it's like well like, i would have thought that that would have changed because i do remember that when we were in amsterdam like we stayed at a we stayed at a youth hostel we only stayed about two or three days right. stayed in a, in a hotel for but the first night was a, was a no first night was on a bench in a in the train station and the second night was at the hostel and the the toilets it was like a, a converted school or something so it was, had he had toilets like you'd have in a school you know a big line of of them in uh in uh, little cubicles 
but encrusted <laughs> with so much piss and shit. You know, layers and inches and inches of this stuff all around the all around the, the whole bowl, so that you wouldn't want to sit on the thing. No toilet seats or anything. You would not want to sit on on it because it, it was just big crusty, crusty old urine that was like inches thick. I don't think anybody ever brushed that thing down. Mr. Neil got this, and we always called it bag rot. He got that over there on those toilets. And he had that. God, we were, I think it was almost a year later before it ever got cured. Well, I mean, yeah, it's definitely not that bad anymore. That sounds extremely terrible. Oh, but that was that was real bad. And because I mean, we went to the hotel the next day, and uh, they just had like you know it was a clean toilet, but it, but it, it had the smell to it. Didn't have water in it, but it, no, no, these in the in that youth hostel. What a freaking dump that was! The whole place was a dump, though. It was just, it was just awful. <laughs> it was, uh, you know. It, it, old dirty but you had to carry your little sheet around with you, you that's what you, you packed but the mattresses they, they had uh, like bunk beds and uh, the mattresses were these thin little cotton things but they were all full of piss and sperm and who knows what else and they stunk too and uh disgusting man well yeah because i actually i did have to stay at a hostel the last two days before i uh came back because flights only leave certain days and my airbnb was up and uh yeah like definitely my experience was not even a tenth or not even one percent that bad it was actually all pretty nice in the in the two weeks that we traveled in europe um that one that was the worst i mean we saw some pretty rank looking stuff in italy too but no that that one in the in that hostel in amsterdam nothing could compare to that man (laughs) i was even kind of curious about that because even uh even like just stuff like uh, me and Chris meeting up was a little tricky. We had to like find places where we both had uh, wireless internet and message each other and figure stuff out. And then when I'm trying to sort out like the next place to go, and you know my my Airbnbs aren't working and it's still like stressful. But then I was trying to think like what what would that have been like in a pre-internet age? Like how the how did what the hell <laughs> like how traveling must have been like. Did you just like show up places and hope that they were free, or did you call ahead to try to book places? Well, they or had youth, youth hostels all over the thing. We had a pass, a youth hostel pass that we had purchased in Canada all right. before we left. And when you got over there, there were little places on maps that showed you where the youth hostels were, and a lot of them were, most of them were converted like old schools and old church halls and things like that that they put the bunk beds in and. And most of them, you know, they they weren't opulent or anything, but they were decent. Um, you had to be there. You could only arrive at a certain time, let's say, I don't know, let's say 5 o'clock, 4.30 or 5 o'clock. It's the earliest you could arrive, if, if that early. And then by uh, about 7 o'clock, you had to be up and out. So we were just tired all the time because there was nowhere during the day we could just go and lay down. Right. And you just signed in. You just showed up with your pass. Couldn't, you couldn't reserve ahead of time. If you got to a hostel and there was no place to stay, uh, well, I guess you might have slept on a park bench. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it was a lot uh, a lot tougher. But, uh, the, but the one in Amsterdam was really, it was, it was just filthy. The whole place was filthy. <laughs> just, uh, you know, when yeah. I can remember now, just, you'd walk through the, the front doors to it, and it was like some old warehouse that had been converted over, and it was paint peeling and the floors were all peeling up and there were garbage and it, it was just a, like a slum hole 
Well, you see those slums that people live in? Right. Um, in, especially in the States, and there's big holes in the walls and that kind of crap, and there's just filth and dirt all over. That's what this one was like. Man. We should have just turned around and walked away, but we didn't. <laughs> Gags are already there, and you just want to lay down or whatever. Yeah, and it was t- we were tired, eh? All day long, we've been just traveling or walking or whatever, and it was like, oh, God, I just got to find some place to lay down. But I remember the mattress. Just, it was so disgusting. You couldn't sleep stunk so bad and then uh, the next day you didn't want to use your sheet you had to take it somewhere and wash it because after you slept on that mattress your little sheet was (laughs) disgusting (laughs) man that is one thing too is like after you know and I again like obviously things with uh, like I don't know like this last place I stayed when I was there the last week it like the whole place kind of smelled like cat pee and stuff because that was my cheap Airbnb but uh, so I mean yeah like different levels obviously yours was way worse than mine but uh but that is one nice thing is after going through all this weird sort of semi-uncomfortable not that cool stuff coming back to Canada I'm just like oh yeah (laughs) Yeah. so nice and then on top of that coming back to Toronto because like I knew some people in Vancouver for you know that coffee shop job and stuff but not a ton of people I just just knowing a normal amount of people even I'm like wow this is amazing not bad going to say and sometimes after you have an experience like that you think that like like we're kind of like clean freaks <laughs> um and i guess maybe we are because the rest of the world doesn't seem to live like that yeah even uh, with amsterdam like i guess there's not much they could do about this but like uh, at night the canals are all super beautiful and really awesome but then in the daytime you're like kind of gross <laughs> like i don't know what they can do about it it's still pretty it's still cool but yeah, but the dark sure hides a whole lot of ills. So did you guys go to the red light district while you were in Amsterdam? Oh, yes, yes, of course. We had to go check out the red light district. Yeah, I wonder what that was like back then. Because, I mean, it honestly, it was my favorite part of the thing. Like It was, it just... was kind of interesting. I mean, it was like big store shop windows, and here'd be the girls on display in the store shop windows. Yeah, well, one thing I'm curious if it was like this back when you guys were there is uh, one thing I was surprised about is that it just had this like really surprisingly fun like party, like Mardi Gras vibe where... Yes, I thought it would just be a bunch of creepy dudes walking around, but no, it was like old ladies and moms with their kids and just everybody was there. It was weird, (laughs) but it was cool. It was like, this is weird. Yeah, it was like that. It it was like that, and they were, you know, everybody out trying to have some sex or selling you dope on the street and... Yeah, all me and uh, Chris did because we were just so lame. But, you know, we just went to like, I don't know, we got like waffles and stuff and just walked around. (laughs) and just like, wow. (laughs) But it really was. It was cool. It was a we fun were there part. in the nighttime, as I, I remember. It wasn't definitely it wasn't daytime that we went, and we just walked around like one evening. And Neil was quite taken up by it, I think. But it was like I was like, yeah, well, whatever. Yeah, I mean, it definitely does have a way. As a dude, it certainly grips the mind, <laughs> you know. But that's another good example of a. I read a thing somewhere where somebody was like, you know, two days in Amsterdam is plenty. Three might even be too much. And I think that guy was right, because even, yeah, even stuff like the Red Light District, like, after a few days, uh, they didn't even, I'm just like, well, whatever. <laughs> like, you know, I'm not Yeah, even... I think we were there. We might have been there three days, if, if that. I don't really remember it that well, other than that filthy hostel, and I, I remember the Red Light District, and I remember one day, we had stayed at a, a little rooming house that this lady had for one night, and um, it was like a bed and breakfast, and it was nice really nice and I remember walking along this canal it was really beautiful 
and then we left. But that's really all I remember about it. It never interested me enough to say, oh my God, Amsterdam, I'd love to go back there again. I couldn't care less if I ever did. Yeah, there's honestly not that much going on. Like, there's museums, there's the red light district. That's about it. <laughs> you know, I liked all the food. I enjoyed eating the food a lot. I have a feeling if I go other places, that will probably right. continue to be the thing, is that that I just like food. But that whole food. experience that we had of going over was terrible, you know, because we got <laughs> robbed and, yeah, right. and then Neil got the bag rot and, you know, we had to spend, the, the best time we had was probably in Paris. We didn't have any money and we were only forced to stay there because we couldn't leave. We didn't have any passports. Right. Um, it was probably the best time. The rest of it, though, we were just so tired all the time traveling from this point to that and we tried to do too much in, in too little, on too little money in too short a time frame. Right. And I always said if I ever went back, I, it wouldn't interest me to go back and go on a shoestring. That whole thing of traveling around with all your goods on your back and all that shit, no, forget that routine. If I ever go again, I'm going with lots of money and I'm spending it. Yeah, I'm staying in real nice places because those, those real dirty, filthy holes, sorry, don't do a thing for me. I think you would find too, just like this like Airbnb stuff that now is a, an option, is like the best. Like it's better than a hotel. Like even if we had gotten fancy pants hotels, it wouldn't be as nice as like just staying at this, just this Dutch person's house and it's a real nice house and it was yeah, like, Yeah, your cool. fancy pants hotels, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty much the same everywhere yeah. where you go. You know, they've got the bed, they've got the TV and they've got the, maybe they've got the VCR and they might have the little fridge and they get the bathroom. Man, though, it's one thing that's just so bizarre, like, holding on to the past, um, where this isn't as bad as the toilets, but, like, uh, I guess, like, the Netherlands is famous for extremely steep steps, <laughs> and they really are, like, crazy steep stairs all over the place. So I looked that up, and apparently it's because way back, hundreds of years ago, they would put taxes, like, property taxes on houses were based on how wide they were. <laughs> For some oh, reason. Yeah. And it just basically ruined their whole stupid society. So everybody made, uh, you know, the houses as narrow as possible with these little tiny narrow steps. But then again, at this Hilton, it had a brand new Hilton with incredibly dangerous steep steps because it's just now it's just what they do. <laughs> like, like, oh, man, it, it really made me like really ease up on my disdain for America because like it really does drive me nuts how Americans always fight about everything and they can't just agree on anything. But, but I think that is better because at least they're not just deciding on a way things are going to be and no one like well there's this one Dutch saying it's like a funny saying but it's, it's got creepy implications it's uh, just be normal because that's weird enough and it's like ah oh, that's pretty funny but when you really see it in action it is like everyone is like they say that just, just be normal is like a Dutch phrase when someone is doing something a little out of line that the fucking Borg collective doesn't like <laughs> I thought there was something else I wanted to say before I went, oh yeah, okay, so I guess I almost hesitate to like record all this stuff and have a podcast where I'm just hating on the Dutch (laughs) because it makes me sound so bad but that's one thing that's interesting too is uh, I started like asking people like one girl I knew, I know in Vancouver she's from England and she moved to Canada when she was like 10 years old so she's been in Canada for like 15 years or something so I asked her how she felt about moving and like what it felt like to come to Canada and was it tricky or whatever. And she said to this day she still wishes that her parents didn't move because she still doesn't feel like she belongs in Canada. She still has a British accent and stuff, but yeah, like just doesn't quite click and just doesn't quite feel comfortable. And then also this YouTube lady I was watching who lives in Germany, 
She's from Florida, but she's lived in Germany for seven years. She has a German husband and a German job, and she speaks German. But she says she still likes to go back to the States because, like, she can turn off her little, like, backup radar. It was how she described it. Like, she always has to have a little radar going in Germany to make sure she's not stepping on someone's toes or doing something culturally inappropriate. Like, she always has to expend energy because it never comes natural, even after seven years, because she's just not from there. And and it, I guess it made me realize, like, I could be less of a jerk about it, but but this feeling I had is not like an unusual feeling. I think the unusual feeling is to be able to go to a different culture and to not be rattled by it. Because I think, yeah, I think people just, I'm starting to understand why people don't travel and stuff more, <laughs> why people stay where they were born. Because yeah, like you, when you get too far away, it just, it doesn't work. And you just, sometimes you can't integrate no matter what you try to do. And maybe that explains why people, when they do travel, uh, they really aren't making an effort to integrate because they are, like, say, Canadian. So right. they wear the Canadian symbol on their sleeve or on their backpack or, you know, to tell people, like, I'm not one of you. Instead of just kind of trying to fold in or fill in, it, it, maybe it's not as easy as you'd think it would be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, much, much harder than I expected. And, yeah, just, uh, again, I can only, it seems like... Uh, yeah, like the example of, of the Netherlands. Like, I feel like they're probably a little more creepily German-like in the bad sense than a lot of Europe. But, uh, but yeah, like, imagine if I did try to go fit in in, like, yeah, Vietnam or, I don't know, China or something. Like, it's just, it's not going to happen. Well, well, no. Especially since you wouldn't even physically look like you fit in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, with because uh, yeah, with the, with the Netherlands, I mean, I got a pretty bad attitude pretty fast, but I didn't, I didn't have any kind of Canadian stuff because apparently they love canadians because i guess canada helped liberate them during a war or something yeah yeah but uh but i I didn't even make that effort because i was like like i got such a bad attitude so fast that i was like you know what i don't mind if you guys think i'm american i'm i'm happy to represent america because i am ashamed of your salt society and how you people act like but that's like a weird feeling too it's like i really just felt this like burning rage of just like you people is ridiculous like why are you just letting your toilets be like this and why are you such little weird it's like a nation full of little like tattletales and like yo you didn't do the right thing you didn't put your garbage out at the right times and i'm allowed to yell at you on the street like all this stuff happens but even if i was like president of the netherlands or whatever their leader is called it wouldn't matter, you know? <laughs> like, I could try to rub their nose in their conformity and they'd just be like, so, no, you're wrong. We're going to keep doing this forever. Ugh. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a... So, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it wasn't a... It wasn't a, a, a mind-expanding experience, I'm afraid. It was the reverse. Although, I mean, well, I, I did learn stuff. <laughs> it expanded my mind it? in that way. At least you did it. Yeah. And so now when you have this opinion, it uh, probably has at least some foundation to it. <laughs> well, it's so funny, too, because uh, like, all this, like, yeah, just like my, like, and I, I'm sure I was driving Chris and Matt insane because I, I, I just couldn't let it go because I was still in that mindset that I was going to try to stay there. And I'm like, like, I couldn't reconcile it. I'm like, how can I stay here when there's all these things that are making me feel crazy? But, uh. But like, uh, so my friend Rayanne, she knows somebody from Amsterdam. So I was just hanging out with her the other day, drinking, we were talking about stuff. So she started like messaging that person and being like, is this true? And is that true? And the person's like, yep. 
It is. <laughs> like, it is. It's all true. Every stereotype about the Dutch is true. And that's just a bizarre feeling because you just can't, you can't peg a North American that way. It's just not possible. I mean, we don't, like, we tend to not walk around naked or, you know, extreme things like that. But you can get down to, like, the minutia of, like, predicting how a Dutch person is going to react to a situation. And it's almost always true. And it's just like, man, I don't know. I guess that's like, I mean, it is just that that classic individualist versus the collective thing, but I really thought, like, the point of human beings is to not be like that. <laughs> but I guess it's just my North Americanness coming through. So it's just so weird to find a culture that is like, no, then maybe that's, to them, that's not the point. The point is to teach your kids to, oh, okay, so this is a weird one. But because they are very... Uh, like emotionally closed off in public, you know, like uh, waitresses and waiters may not smile at you and people, the uh, clerks aren't necessarily outwardly nice because like I was saying before, like they feel like that's a two-faced way to act because you're not being, you know, yourself or whatever. So that sense of like emotional repression or whatever, there are these stores called Albert Heinz that are, it's like Shoppers Drug Mart, they're everywhere. And there was a kid who was it was like the Dutch version of a temper tantrum. I've never heard this sound in my life. It was like a dad with his little girl. And the girl was like trying so hard not to cry in public. Like just just pulling down her feelings as hard as she could. And just making these tiny weird little gaspy sounds that I've never heard a human being make before. And you could tell the dad was like a little proud. Like yeah, you're doing it. You're not embarrassing everyone in public. You're you're keeping things on the shutdown and and like that's what's going to turn that person into a creepy 40 year old Dutch person you know it was awful to me but to them I bet they were proud of her you know well yeah because here we just let the child scream and holler and then have to take them out or not take them out and let everybody else suffer yeah which is annoying in its own way but yeah like if anything North America's moving the other way where we're you know like just express yourself and Everybody gets a trophy and whatever, you know, which I can see why that's bad in its own way. But yeah, it's just a creepy feeling that, that the two societies, like North America and the Netherlands, really are going in different directions, just at a very gradual speed. And then to get really alarmist about it, but I started thinking about this just because things are so similar to Germany, like even just down to like bathroom stalls doors always go all the way to the floor and there's big heavy locks on all the doors like even superficially it's just it's extremely like germany and then i started thinking back to you know the classic thing everybody brings up but like world war ii like that type of situation obviously you know so many things need to be in play you need to have the right economic situation the right leader and the right world events and everything needs to line up just right but the final domino that you would need for something as bad as world war ii to happen could not happen in North America because the final domino is for everyone to just agree with what's going on and no one's going to do that here <laughs> where it's like so scary to see a society that would and that's why that type of thing can happen it's like once that final piece is in play and everyone goes like all right yep this is what we're doing we'll just follow along and do whatever and it's just like it's not it's not okay <laughs> it's not an okay way to be so, yeah, I, I can't travel is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I'll just make myself fucking crazy. Yeah, I almost feel like, it, it even made me feel almost like, if I ever have kids, like, I almost want to teach them the opposite. Like, 
like that they should almost deliberately not do what I do even if what I do is like a, the, a good seems like a good way to be like you should almost just rebel for the sake of it just to make sure that you don't fall into some weird little society where everyone is just doing weird shit that doesn't make any sense anymore but I don't know <laughs> So long story short, back in Canada, and uh, I'll see you in December. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think I wore myself out with that, but that man has all my rants just waiting to get out. <laughs> well, you take care of yourself then, and uh, you know, quite often Sundays are not a bad idea of when to call. Yeah, I was trying to remember. So it was Sunday, and what's the other good day? Like Thursday? Was it Thursday that we were calling, or Tuesday? I don't remember anymore. I guess you could I tell me either. what days are good for you, but uh, Tuesdays or Thursdays were right, what right. we were doing, but I just can't remember which one. Cool, and yeah, I have a feeling. I mean, I'll and now that you're in Toronto, there's only there's only the the hour difference. Yeah, and also just now that I know I'm uh, I'm on my way back that way anyway, so I'll probably slack off a bit on calling home. You know, <laughs> this tends to be the case, but. Yeah, it really is a shame that I couldn't find any phones while I was in Amsterdam because uh, you probably you would have got a, a, a weekly rant like this. Okay. Just like I really could have got down into the nitty gritty of every weird little thing that was driving me nuts. But it is I'm starting to forget now. So. <laughs> You're back in comfort zone now. Yeah. Yeah, I think maybe even like that's one thing too where I'm like, oh man, should I even like podcast where I'm just complaining about the Netherlands? Like, is that really a good thing to have out there? But. But then there is also that part of me that hopes that somebody from, you know, some Dutch person listens to this and fucking thinks about their toilets, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, if you can't even sort out the toilets, like, what hope is there? I, ca I still I can't believe how bad it smelled. Like, that's where I'm curious, like, I mean, I, I, obviously it's been, like, 40 years since you guys ran into your awful Dutch toilets, but, but like, that it... I don't know, just like these little flashes of memory are surprising me, but it is because like the smell of that toilet has taken up a spot in my brain <laughs> that doesn't get overwritten because nothing else smells like that, you know? <laughs> well, 40 years later when you brought that up, I can smell it. <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable. And that's where, I don't know, like the conspiracy theorist in me is like, it, it almost does make me think like, is it some kind of way of like, again it's so it's so eerie with with the Netherlands because it's all so nice and it's all working so well and they've always done well and their their nation is rich and everything is fine but it's like did some guy invent that toilet back in the day as some weird kind of like social mechanism to keep people in line like don't forget you're under the thumb of this society and if you ever forget it just go to the bathroom and you'll remember <laughs> you, know? Well, you know what good point because okay i'm saying 40 years ago but they didn't just create those toilets when i was there they were there a good 40 years before that right yeah and here we are 80 years later <laughs> yeah. they're still they haven't changed them I did. Uh, I did start writing a story, like a, sort of like a kids' book, that uh, just to take all of these ridiculous feelings and try to transpose them into like some metaphors. But it's going to be about like uh, just like like alien races, like Star Trek style. But one of the races is just going to be like this nation of squid people that all just are all squiddy and just do what all the other little squids do. And and yeah, it'll probably be very offensive to people 
afterward when I'm like, oh yeah, that's based on Dutch people. <laughs> like maybe I shouldn't say that, <laughs> but it is, so. So that's good, I can at least draw from that feeling, like, like that xenophobia feeling. I can like really take it all the way of like, what would it be like if one alien race had to live with another alien race? Like I got a lot of uh, wells to draw from inside my gut right now, <laughs> you know? Because, I mean, that is what it's like. I mean, we're all human beings, but, yeah, I couldn't believe how, how different it was. And, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I thought. I don't know what I expected, but I guess I just thought it would be North America everywhere, which is and obviously... Yeah, I kind of thought dumb. that. I kind of thought that, too. Mm. And I would have thought it would have, you know, maybe when, when I went to visit it 40 years ago, yeah, there was obviously differences, but I thought that with all the oh, communication systems we've got now that that wouldn't that, that that would have closed right off and it would just be a replica of us with a different language a few little different things you know they've got their history their their centuries old history but still i thought it would be pretty much the same oh that's one thing too i think is kind of interesting about this is uh because one of my plans was to try to go to japan sometime and i still am planning to try to go sometime but uh but like i think i'll have a better I'll, I'll be more prepared for how it's going to feel because it's going to feel like this times a hundred because uh, cause, yeah and I guess like so like the, the different extremes like you know east coast people act different than west coast people but not a lot like it's a subtle difference and then people from the states are different from Canada but not a lot it's like relatively subtle and then Dutch people are definitely different from North America like very noticeably so then as you go even deeper like with japan this is what really like kind of clicked with me where i'm like oh man this really must be tough is i was watching a youtube video it's this uh american woman who has a japanese husband and they live in japan and it's a similar thing where she can she can speak japanese and she's really trying to fit in but but like when there is a cultural difference oh no it wasn't her video this was a guy from australia i was watching who lives in japan so when you have a baby that's half Japanese and half something else, like half white, they call it a halfy, <laughs> like halfu is how they say it, which to us sounds like weirdly offensive. Like you can't call the baby a halfy, but well, we did though until just a few generations ago. Right, we called them half breeds. Yeah, right. But but I mean, in Japan though, this is where it gets weird. Is they don't say it with any prejudice. That's just the word that they use. They think it's nice. They actually like these babies and think like they have a, a stereotype that halfy babies are the most beautiful babies. <laughs> and they're like, oh, can I take a picture of your halfy? Like they just say stuff like that, and. And it sounds weird to us, but then you have to consider that, like, the, the feedback they're getting is, like, at least in the Netherlands, like, yeah, they have American TV and they have our same movies and everyone speaks English. But if you're from Japan, especially a little bit outside of a city, but even in a city, you, you can't even speak English probably. You get no input from anyone except other Japanese people. And it's just this little tiny feedback loop of just weird stuff going on and weird cultural differences and, and yeah, like how would you ever break out of that, you know? Unless you're really brave and you learn English and you go to college in America or something, your all of your preconceived notions and all your prejudices and all your weird behaviors are all going to be the same as just this one little nation because that's all you know. And yeah, suddenly I feel like I can understand that the the 
implications of that a little more and it's like yeah dude like what the hell am i gonna do over there i'm not gonna fit in at all <laughs> you know? and it's all well and good for me to fucking whine and complain about how things should be different but it's probably better if i just don't go at all <laughs> you know <laughs> i just let them do their own thing i'll go for like a tiny visit sometime and just be a full-on tourist and that's it yeah, and that's really all you can do. It's not its not up to you to pass judgment on what, how they should improve their lot because they're, they're just going to do what they're going to do anyway. Yeah. And if you, and they get too much in their face, you just say, well, get the hell home. We don't want you here anyhow. Yeah, and I think that's, like, again, where uh, if I had gone to the Netherlands as just a visit, like if I just went for the week with Chris and Matt, I just I really don't think I would have. I would have these thoughts, but they wouldn't feel as intense. It was only because I, I went through that, like, three weeks of just trying to convince myself that I could make it work and I could fit in there, and, uh, yeah, it really, like, kind of amped it up. Ah, oh, well, you're back on safe ground now. Yeah. All right, so I guess yeah, I should let you go. It was nice to talk to you. Yes, it was lovely talking to you, too. Yeah, it was a shame. Like, I found one website that uh, swore up and down there were payphones at Central Station in Amsterdam, but it was from 2013. So I think it must be relatively recently, but I think just because of internet and cell phone culture, like sometime in the last three years, they're just like, get out, get those things out of here. Nobody uses those. Because, <laughs> yeah, the whole three weeks I was looking for a phone and not a single one. Well, you've convinced me. I'm not ready to take a trip over there. Yeah, I, uh, I wouldn't say you're missing much. <laughs> Even the stuff that I kind of picked up on, it's, like, really lame. Like, a lot of stuff I did like, but it's, like, oh, these, like, waffles you can get from the vending machines are so good. Or uh, European Snickers bars are more peanutty tasting than ours. <laughs> like, it's just completely shallow nonsense. But Okay, well, I'll talk to you when you next put in a call. Yeah, so I'll keep you keep you posted. But, yeah, I should probably be home sometime mid-December-y unless anything changes. But, yeah, I'll, I'll keep you posted. Okay. All right. Have a good day. Take care. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye.